Here we are for another episode of 12 Rows Back. We've got the Anzac round in the books. A couple of teams 6-0. and There is stuff happening all over the place. Injuries, uh, teams shooting up, teams performing poorly. Uh, as I say hello to my co-host Tom. How are you tonight, Tom? Yeah, good, mate. Real excited to get into uh, all the action from round six, and that's surprising because it wasn't a great finish with my Saints at the end there. Uh, let's pretend we didn't see that one. Most people turned off after the main showing on Sunday If it helps, most people didn't see that game. Yeah, that that's probably a good thing for the AFL industry, I think. if you It was one for the Port fans only and the Saints tragics, of which there's many. Uh, but yeah, as we say every week, we learnt, we learnt more and, and the, that ladder just continues to sort of fall into place. I know it's early, we're about a quarter of the year through, but there's starting to be some teams you can just, just pencil in for September, cancel your holidays sort of stuff. Yeah, so I reckon, uh, I reckon one of the... Obviously, the dogs are flying, a percentage of, I think, about one... 70, 180. Um, thank you. You're welcome, Footscray. Uh, and the Demons, well, they stood up. They had, they had a big test. They're playing the reigning premiers, three out of four flags, if, if you know, if you take the time to talk to one of them. And that, that is the Richmond Tigers. Uh, and they were challenged early. Richmond were out and flying. Yeah, out of the box. The rain the came down, and I was thinking, oh, do you reckon that might suit Richmond with their haphazard style of play? And yeah. Melbourne just ran all over them and were just... It, Melbourne bullied them in a way I've never seen Melbourne yeah. do before. Yeah, it was uh, uncharacteristic, wasn't it? Out, out Richmond, Richmond really with the uh, the style they went with. And yeah, take your pick across all lines. They uh, they had match winners. Um, obviously, Petraka jumps out, oh, but... Salem, Salem was Salem, outstanding. He has gone to another, gone to another level. Boy. He's probably dare I say, in the uh, All-Australian squad, at least at this stage, and he might go further than that if he can keep this uh, form up. Um, and, yeah, look, i am got to just te- check the team sheet, but no room for Weed or Benny Brown, and, and it, they didn't need him. No, well, think if Benny Brown was out I there in the we'd... wet, he'd not doing too much. So Yeah, exactly. So they kept the, kept the mix right, and, yeah, they just keep on keeping on the Ds. I, I did, uh, you know, I do browse through the... AFL website for a little bit of research amongst what I do, and yeah, had a look at the teams that are six and zip. Their uh, their record since the two thousands, just to put it in a bit of context, is pretty good. Team six and zip. So basically, every team's made at least a semi. I, I think your ruse might have gone out in the elimination, but uh, they're the only team that really went that low. Otherwise, it's semi prelims, granny. So dogs fans and D's get excited shades of 54 i think i've heard people say uh, did you go down a rabbit hole when you were doing that research with some of those 10 and 0 saints teams yeah just uh, shaking my head a little bit at some great teams gone by that uh, didn't salute uh, but look great signs if if you're a fan of those clubs because look book you sorry get your september sorted and don't book anything is what i was trying to say uh, you're done. You're in the finals. It's it's all happening. It would be a monstrous collapse to not make it from here for both of these teams. And obviously, I think they're well beyond. Yeah, that. I reckon the, uh, the ski slopes will be pretty bare this year, Tom. Look at those these yeah, fans. Another lean year. They don't they don't need that, do they? Up at no. And uh, hey, uh, there's there's one thing. So Richmond, uh, the Bulldogs play Richmond this Friday, which is was built up to be a cracker last week but you got dusty out so really the dogs will go into that game favorites and the only other tough game the dogs have in the next sort of month is going over to adelaide to play port 
And then you could actually, there's a chance in round 11 you see Melbourne play the Dogs undefeated 10 and zip, which... I have seen both teams' runs because I think people want this to happen. It's not quite the 09, uh, you know, 13 and zip. They're not that Mickey good. Gardner. But uh, it would be a hell of a show if they did get to round 10 and uh, they were in this kind of shape. And oh, I'd love to see it. Look, the Ds probably have the easier run as well. So they're, they're really shaping to be 10 and zip. Jeez, oh. isn't that one for the... For the the tra- I said Saints tragics, but the D's tragics out there for uh, starved of success just to uh, have the uh, the build this year. Yeah, well they've they've got to go down to the fortress in Hobart at this stage. Uh, announcement yeah. pending probably by the time this has gone out, that'll be out of date. But that's all right. Uh, yeah, no, the D's should be seven and O. I think they play Carlton after that eight and O. Like they should be, they should just be rolling towards September and just. For those that aren't aware, and I've seen this many times, but this got sent in to me as well. Last time Melbourne was 6-0 and was 65, and they ended up going 8-0. Coach Norm Smith sacked in round 12, and Melbourne missed the finals, finishing 10-8. and Now, if this is your first time listening, just for the record, I've declared Goodwin will be sacked in August. Now, while that's looking highly yeah. unlikely, history tends to repeat itself, Tom, so... I don't know. That that's still it's yep. still on the table. Till Goodwin's coach in September, that is still on the table. I like it. Dig in. Uh, I will say I'm a deliver. I think there's the terms going. I'm a deliver. <laughs> You've been paid. To and say uh, that. they can now, they look, can the win the flag. Time... They can genuinely win the flag. Jeez, this is unheard of talk. You've 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 had simple Simon in the gun for for no, years. Well, dare I say this? Year that's how year, good but... their list has been built up, and how long they've managed to sit at the bottom and just accumulate all this talent, in spite of their coach. I think they can win the flag. Yeah, no fair. In spite of him, <laughs> if they had a real coach, they'd be dollar ten unbackable favourites. Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, no, I'm with you on that. I can't <laughs> believe how many times last year we were saying on paper the D's are this. Uh, you know, they look like they should be doing this. They just needed to get it together, and we're seeing that at the moment. Just a little one on that uh, Norm Smith mentioned there. So the last time, uh, yeah, <laughs> he was up and flying, Norm, and, and got the sack. And dare I say, I don't think the D's have been the same since. And I'm talking going back to the 60s. That was a bit of a... Uh, make or break fork in the road for the D's. They haven't ventured back to uh, September glory since. So maybe they've burnt from that and they've learned a lesson, but sticking with Simple Simon for the time being. Yeah, well, look, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So it, it will be fascinating to see what they do with the Benny Brown and, and Wiedemann coming back into the side. Do, when do they do it? Do they pull the trigger? Because um, obviously they're, like Brown in particular, talented footballer, can do a lot, but... I, I yeah, I wouldn't be mucking with the chemistry. Uh, it's a genuine uh, wait and see, the D's, but uh, yeah, exciting I'm... stuff down there at uh, at Demon Land. Yeah, Demon Land. So yeah, look as, as we mentioned before. So they got the Ruse this week, then the Swans, then Carlton, and then Adelaide. And that game against Adelaide is in Adelaide. So. Look, yeah, they very much could be 10 and zip. And look, as an expert on teams that have gone 10 and zip, you just want to hold your form from this part of the year and bring it in September. But look, we'll get to that. There's plenty of time before that comes. Lap it up, D's fans. You haven't had it for a long, long, long yeah, time. Just ask Nicky Dell about going 10 and 0. Now, before <laughs> we get to our we've got university grades, we've got some rapid fire questions. I've got a mailbag question, Tom. Got one here directly oh, for good. you. Uh, the Tigers, like what's going on in Richmond? That was, that lacked their usual effort. 
and their, their zip. And uh, they got a bit feisty towards the end when they were down and out and just couldn't compete. Are they are they in danger of falling off the ledge, dare I say? Yeah, there's yeah, a couple of, couple of schools of thought on this one. Look, they're, you don't rule out a champion team. I think that's one you've got to stick with. They've, they've got runs uh, on the board. So, look, the trust is there. But the... The thing I'm just thinking, and, and and bear with me here, but we've seen teams that have been on that peak for a long time and, and had that success, and there does come a point where the motivation wanes and the performance wanes, and we don't sort of see it till after it happens. But I'm looking at, say, the Hawks in 2016. So they just won three on the trot, flying sort of looking like, you know, they'll just get to the finals. And then they got there and they were sort of stunned by the uh, the dogs coming through. Getting a little bit of a... And, you know, I guess the power and the lines in the early 2000s did that. Um, the Cats, I guess, they stayed up there. But I know my Saints dropped off and so did the Pies. So, um, yeah, it, they, they're getting to that stage where they're just, just looking like the motivation's lacking now. Yeah, very, very early in the year. So I'm not, I'm not ruling them out. But at this stage, I'm just seeing them making maybe an elimination or making a semi and just bombing out there. That's how it looks from this point. So... Happy to be proven wrong, but they're just yeah. Look, uh, it's it is early. I feel like I am shooting my mouth off here, but I'm I'm prepared to say that they're gonna they're gonna drop out within the first two weeks of the finals. That's how it is looking right now. Is it no Dusty, no Richmond? A little bit. Whenever they've been in trouble in a couple of big finals too, or in any real game during the home and away, he is just you know the ultimate card to play. He can he can turn it on. Uh, flip a game in moments. Uh, he he brings players with him. You know, you you play bigger when Dusty's out there with you. So I'm I'm happy. <laughs> that sits comfortably with me. Uh, we sort of saw it as an example on the weekend. They really didn't have an answer. Uh, the D's sort of running their own sort of Dusty like clone, I guess, in, in Petrak, and he he just racked it up. But um, yeah, I think they are uh, a little bit of a different side without Dusty. Not not as feared as you would have if uh, if he was in there. What do yeah, you well, the D's did find a good matchup for Dusty in the pig, Hibbard, um, who yeah. <laughs> watched a lot of film on him from what I understand through the weeks so and knew what his tendencies were, which way he likes to move, and was just able to not so much try and shut him down, but go to the same places he was going to and knowing where that was. Because Dusty's so quick, if you just... Uh, lose your train of thought for a split second he's off and out um, and because he's quick and strong that, that can be game over um, so he's obviously out this week So and they're playing the dogs so at the moment there's no harder test in football going playing the D's and then the dogs I can't believe I'm saying that Tom the D's to the dogs yeah, is that, a tough is not a statement you'd say but look yeah it's also that uh, you know you get to a certain point as well they're hunted every week so you know the D's mentally got themselves up we're playing the Tigers on a big stage dogs Friday night this is our chance to prove to the comp that we're legit it wears on a side and I know yeah I mentioned Brisbane Port Adelaide and look it happens to all the teams uh, up that northern part of the ladder and especially if you've done it year on year so they they're hunted every week so it's just how the tigers respond from here they do have the players to do it but look they're not showing it as we speak no and you know they've got geelong the week after on friday night like yeah then i'm pretty sure they've got brisbane up in uh brisbane in the next month yep, too yep, so yep uh gws the week after um, but yeah there's round 10 yeah round 10 there up it the is Gabba. uh my wedding five-year wedding anniversary uh yeah look 
I, I'm not writing them off by any stretch. Um, and they're the sort of team that even if they finish fifth, they could push up and challenge for the flag. Yeah, I'm, yeah but, not doubting. Yeah, they, they didn't look like the usual selves. And I guess we probably need to see a couple more weeks. But if things keep going that way, it could be could be a long year at Richmond. And I think one of the things that's hurt them is they've had so much success, but it's squeezed out players. Um, and players have gone elsewhere for opportunity. And it's through no one's fault, but that starts to eat away at your depth. And they won't tell you this if you ask them, Richmond fans, but, gee, they've had a great run of injuries. Like, they've had... Abs- Alex Rance was one, yeah. and apparently... They now talk about Dylan Grimes as though he's one of the best defenders of all time. So it was an easy cover for them, although they won't admit it at the time. But they've had no injuries, no suspension, despite knocking people out in prelim finals. Like They've just had a great run, and now they're getting tested with their, their depth. Um, if they fall off, they fall off. It's not as, It's not a real negative thing. It's sort of a reality, and... Look, if you win three out of four and then you fall off, I know 17 other sides will sign up for that today. Absolutely. No, well said. Look, yeah, we'll, we'll let them uh, pan out over this next month. But, yeah, look, it, like you mentioned as well, I mean, they might sneak into fifth, but you just don't want to be defending a crown from that deep either. So it's really top four, as we always say, top four is your best opportunity. So the jury will be out on what happens there. I want to take you to Saturday afternoon. So th- this is just an interesting one that I wanted to put on the agenda just because of a, a few uh, current mates I've got that are just, uh, well, really grizzling about nothing, to be honest. So Big Harry uh, has you know, done his best to drag his side with him. He's kicked six, uh, or was it five? Six. Uh, six this week, another bag, uh, and, and he just keeps on keeping on. He legit kept them in that game. Obviously, Sammy Walsh in there is having a great season, but the big forwards get the job done. So, yeah, he he, he was, a I guess, a lightning rod for the ball going into that forward 50, and he delivered. Now, I'm hearing some rumblings from some Carlton fans that he's just not up to it and, and you know, he could be trade bait at the end of the year. So I just wanted to set the record straight for the Blues fans that you have got an absolute gun on your hands here. And he might even be potentially changing the way that we approach goal kicking. Now, some traditionalists will be tearing their hair out when you think of the set shot. And he's uh, gone back and just doing his own thing, Harry. Instead of directly in front, just going the drop punch straight through, he's going the sort of, I guess, uh, for the rugby fans out there, the Johnny Wilkinson... uh, Swing your leg around the corner, snap kick. Uh, just, you know, almost a, a further uh, version of the Stevie J hook. Uh, and it's get, it's effective. It's getting the job done. So to Blues fans out there who are, who are looking for him to just go back and slot it, as long as he's kicking the goals, it doesn't matter. I think if he's kicking them and he's comfortable with his style, back him in because he's kicking bags and he's actually making the Blues semi-relevant this year. I think finals are done, but... Have a look at Harry. He might get his way up to the Coleman with the form that he's in. And yeah, look, if he kicks him, he kicks him. So, to the Blues fans there, having a little sook about that one, I think uh, just straighten up. You've got a you've got a great player on your hands and someone you can build a forward line around when uh, Kuno comes back too. Yeah, look, he's um, he's already kicked more goals than last year. So five games yep. versus what did he play about fifteen last year? Uh, so. Look, just to kick the goals, I've seen lots of forwards who show a lot of talent but then are not able to convert or go missing, you know, inconsistent sort of 
inconsistent players. Uh, he just played his 50th game against Collingwood in round two. So it's not like he's played 150 and he's still giving you some inconsistent effort. Because um, I I can see the other side to this, that you watch him run around and, and he finally gets it and then he does his snap and he misses and it's like logic says you just go and kick the drop punt. So I think it's one of those, again, if it ain't broke, don't fix it in terms of your goal kicking. If you are confident that way, just keep kicking him. Uh, I will I will put this to you, Tom, and I noticed uh, you, you've said it's fine to go and kick them around the corner like that. Have you noticed players kicking for goal after the siren? Yeah, well, uh, we've we've seen a few so of those. Uh, over Mitch the last Duncan, months. he kicked an absolute ripper barrel. Like I was proud of it. You know, I'm a nah, torpedo aficionado. <laughs> um, happy to yep. hit them over twenty meters in uh, amateur football. Uh, so he's lining up for goal. He kicks it from sixty, but the other, the non-controlling umpire goes up to him and says, "Oh, Mitch, Mitch," and I think the term he used was back and forward. So basically, he has to run in a straight line. So you can't run round on your arc. Your natural arc's gone. So Buddy can't have a shot after the siren for goal. So what I'm saying is Harry couldn't take those shots for goal after a siren. So game on the line, your key forward's clunked one, siren goes, you're down by five points, and he's got to go back and kick it away. He does not feel comfortable. How's that sit with you? Yeah, look, interesting one. I, I mean, if he's on the spot and just snaps it, is that legal? Because he's not technically moving off his line if he just turns to the side and kicks it, is he? Why? I'm talking, you know, because they do take a few, he takes a few steps and then kicks it. What if it was just off a step? One, one step still... is play on. Yeah, look, tricky one. Look, that that's, I guess, your nightmare scenario. So that's probably where you throw back. Look, that's what we want him doing, going back and just kicking them. But... Look, he's probably have kicked. He's probably kicked four or five previous to that to even get you to that point. So, look, if he has to have a shot straight up, I'd take it because he's probably kicked one or many before that point. So, um, look, it, it's it's not ideal in that scenario. But as we see, it's sort of a once a year uh, occurrence. That oh, that I know happens. that. I'm just thinking your key forward needs to be the most reliable and the the one to get you the win. You know. No, the game no, goes yeah, on, the that, tall blokes fair. don't I... get any shorter. Yeah, no, look, look, I hear that. Um, but look, maybe it's just, <laughs> it sounds crazy to say, maybe just kicking it straight is just a trick he has in his bag that he pulls out when he needs. He, it's basically the reverse of every forward we've ever seen play in that uh, he goes the snap instead of the straight first. So Possibly. Um, I, don't think, look, I don't think there's anyone, I don't think anyone who seriously thinks Carlton should be moving off him or anything like that. He is... He is a star. Um, dare I say it, he's just as good as his brother, Ben. <laughs> you might have him slightly covered at this hey, point. But we'll see, we'll see what happens when they play on back. each other. Ben's held some pretty good opponents to not many goals, considering how terribly we're playing. And he didn't play on Josh Bruce that day. It was our captain, Jack Zebel. Yeah, look, look. I'm happy to give another ruse uh, defender a chance. I was burnt when Sam Durden didn't get developed properly and he didn't go anywhere, so I'm happy to jump on another ruse hey, defender. The Saints I like might a, grab him as a, a mature age, old Durds. He's running around the sample this year. Uh, yeah, we do have a taste for your boys. Before Mason. we move on, uh, yeah. I do want to actually ask you about this manning the mark rule when they're kicking for goal. So 
in that example, Duncan had to go back and kick over the man on the mark, which he did. But then I was watching, and it was egregious, uh, Ben King for the, the Suns, brother of Max, as you probably know him. Uh, yeah, he clunked one. The man on the mark was on the 50, and he's running up for goal, and he just runs straight round on an arc. And the man on the mark has to stand there and watch, and all he can do is start yelling at him or speaking to him to put him off. He can't man the mark. But the umpire doesn't call play on till he kicks it. We've now we've brought in this new rule, and we've decided, yeah, but we're going to officiate it differently at different points of the game. How dumb are these bloody rule makers? They're making new rules and officiating differently. It makes no sense, Tom. Look, I I fully agree with you, but dare I say, I feel like it's a broken record because this is sort of common for most rules in that sort of, you know, a few rounds into the season, the interpretation changes and and things get a little different. And yeah, umpires are not trying things. They're just adjudicating things differently. It is maddening. I mean, it... (laughs) I'm with you there, Seb. I think I think you've uh, stumbled on something there. It, it's it's madness. Yeah. So if they do want to adjudicate it differently like that, um, so change it. Just come out and change it. And if a player decides I'm taking my thirty seconds, I'm having a shot for goal, then one player can move east west on the mark. So he can just move along with the player and stand in front of him and try and smother it, like. Well, I mean, they're getting there's so much leeway, I guess, for the bloke kicking it in that they don't want someone on the that, you know that's the point of the rule. They don't want someone on the man on the mark uh, slowing them up. So they really give them a fair bit of leeway in that you can yeah, like you said, move basically past the man on the mark and kick it. I mean, they've got to call play on way earlier than that. Clearly, he'd be way off his line because if he was on his line, he'd run into him on the mark. So I think the umps have yeah, they're just not seizing that moment and just seeing it for what it is. I mean, it's clear when someone runs off their line, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. You just need to, especially on a shot for goal, get the non-controlling umpire to stand behind and he can call play on. And that way the man on the mark can see him. Because at the moment, they can't see the controlling umpire because they're off to the left or right. So when they're getting ready to call play on, they've got to wait till they hear it and there's a delay. Um, It just... Like it's typical AFL. We'll, we'll adjudicate the rule very differently. Like, if you fly unrealistically for a mark and don't touch the ball, it's a free kick. But if the ball's going through for goals, you can just about tackle your opponent on the goal line. So long as you let the bo- don't touch the ball and let it go through for a goal, it's okay. But like, makes no sense. Well, it's, if you if you it, get the ball and keep it moving, it's fine. But if you get tackled straight away and have one arm free but all your other like your other arms pinned and you how do, how are you supposed to get rid of it you got to make an attempt your attempt is throwing it but because the ball's yeah. free it looks differently so they it's it's just typical AFL but now teams are starting to not, not teams aren't doing it but just players are taking advantage of it and it uh, it just flies in the the rule was brought in to move the ball quicker not when you're having a shot for goal, run round the man on the mark. I'm waiting for someone to decide right. Like, imagine you're on the mark, right? And Lance Franklin's yeah. kicking from 65 out. And he just runs straight at you, full bore. You're not allowed to move your feet, remember? So, <laughs> just at the last step, all he has to do is take two steps to the left. He's straight round you and he's running in and he'll kick it from 55. I'm waiting for a player to do that. 
and take well, the game on. We, it can't be far away, I don't think. That that's that's the loophole. I think maybe I don't know. I don't go and watch the training, but dare I say, there's somebody out there that's going to try that sooner. Yeah, sooner my man there. Boomer would have lost plenty of great goals where he faked the kick and they'd fall for the smother, and he just run around them and slot it. They can't <laughs> do that anymore. They've taken that out of the game. True, but look, I'm I'm with you. It's it's basically welcome to the AFL for this rule, and that yeah, depending on as you said, what what point of the game, part of the ground, it it doesn't matter. Look, it's just a <laughs> it's a shambles, and I'm glad you brought it up. We'll we'll keep an eye on that one going forward. Let's get into our university grades. Oh yeah, favorite favorite segment this one. Much love segment this one. Uh, I'll, I'll kick it off. Giants versus the Dogs. Now, we had, had an arm wrestle on this one, if you cast your mind back to Friday. Uh, missed Thursday nights, by the way, in the uh, live show, but got there on Sunday. Um, look, they, they were solid, the Giants. They were with them for three quarters up there in uh, Monica, but the the Dogs just, just finishing strong, just that hot finish. Dare I say, not unlike the Ds against the Hawks the week before, just the good teams just going up that gear when they needed to. Uh, look, the Giants had to play ugly just to stay in it, uh, which they did. So, look, I'm happy to give the Giants a pass and, look, the Dogs a pass. So I think this uh, win panned out for most. Uh, the only people a bit upset would be those that had the Dogs over 39.5, given it was a 39-point margin. Uh, but, yeah, passes already Yeah, it's me. the double pass. Um, GWS fielded the youngest side of any team in the competition this year and the most inexperienced side in terms of games played for every team in the competition this year. So to do that and hang with the what I think are premiership favourites at the moment for three quarters uh, was a pretty good effort. And, yeah, the floodgates open, but that seems to be a common trend across a hell of a lot of games with the floodgates open in the last quarter um, where teams just seem are seemingly helpless uh, to stop it. So double, double pass for me, Tom. Uh down at Geelong, gee, it was a lonely time for West Coast fans who got down there. I know one. Uh, oh, know. yeah. Not, not one that uh, saw them play the Yeah, he's had a rough trot, hasn't he? Uh, unfortunately, they're flat track bullies. So unless he gets his ticket to Perth, which, you know, you might get stuck for two weeks, he may not see too much. But uh, Geelong, were con- I was about to say convincing, but... Very convincing, 97-point winners against the Eagles. How did you see it? Yeah, look, I've got to be honest. So I caught, um, you know, as you do on a Saturday, plenty on the agenda. So caught the first portion of this one and a little bit of an arm wrestle. Was enjoying what I was seeing, feeling pretty confident in West Coast as my uh, upset of the week. And then refreshed the phone about 45 minutes later and thought something had gone wrong with my app. I couldn't believe the score that I saw and I, I, look, I'll say the Saints losing the Bombers was the worst loss of any team this year. But, geez, the Eagles gave it a red-hot shake. This was an absolute embarrassment. Cats, I know, on their home deck, and they, they continually get games against interstate teams that uh, plump them up the ladder, and that's happened again. But, look, I thought the Eagles were the real deal. They've shown their form's been reasonably solid uh, here in Victoria when you, you lose the Dogs by a kick. And, look, the Saints lost probably well, that looks worse uh, than it probably uh, was. But um, I I was just shocked by the Eagles. I'm sending them straight to the coordinator. That was uh, an unforgivable performance there. They were just flat, uh, not working hard enough. Lots of injuries. Nah, I'm not giving them an out for that one. I think I've watched a few clips of them trailing their opponents on numerous occasions. Uh, 
and yeah, you know, letting Geelong get the ball to Jeremy Cameron so he can, you know, whip the fans into a frenzy. And, and it just was one of those afternoons where the Cats just smash a bottom four team. But we're talking the Eagles here who were really, you know, when they beat the power, we were talking about them back in the uh, flag discussion. So I can't forgive them for anything. I've got to send them to the coordinator. And was Ge- what, Geelong a pass? Or? Yeah, sorry. And uh, the Cats, no, no, the, the Cats, that's a, that's a distinction. They're, they're back in town now. I've potted the Cats and some might think I'm... Uh, not a fan of the team down the highway, but now they just keep on doing what they need to do. They they just bank wins. They just know how to get the W, no matter how bad their form is. They're four and two at the moment, and they've really haven't even scratched the surface of their ability. So they're going to be right up there, uh, top seven this year. Uh, but yeah, that's a distinction for me for the Cats. They're back. I'm happy yeah, I reckon that. that's a bit hard. That's got to be a high distinction, doesn't it? Winning by 97 points against a team that's in the eight and highly fancied. Fair, look, but that's all right. You, on you, their home your deck, grades, though. Home deck, though. Your grades. Uh, soft game down yeah, there. Uh, the Eagles have got to go through the coordinator. That's their first pull your socks up for the year. Uh, so they will, they'll no doubt, they'll, I was going to say no doubt bounce back with some home games. Uh, the key for West Coast is going to be banking three or four wins on the road through through the year. Um, and they've got, look, they're at home this weekend, but it's a tough one. Uh, Crosstown rivals. So, uh, look, they've got they've really got to show it on the road, West Coast. And, and look, that was no effort from quarter time. I couldn't believe the goal, 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 goal in the second quarter from Geelong. Uh, it's a high distinction for Geelong to win by that many points against the team in the eight, um, who... I reckon a close to. I, I, look, talk, people are talking up their flag chances, and maybe look injuries certainly hurt them. But if you've got injuries, sometimes you don't have the class, and it might be. It could get ugly to an eight-nine goal loss, but not fifteen goals. Yeah. That's that's just well, sixteen goals. Uh, that was deplorable. So, uh, a high distinction for Geelong. Jeremy Cameron in that forward line, it changes things just a little bit, don't you think, Tom? Yeah. He's, he's good. They look a yeah, lot he's better. he's not a bad footballer. Not a bad pickup. Uh, all right. I didn't see much of this, but Gold Coast played Sydney and gave him a little bit of a touch-up. Yeah, another surprise result, uh, this one. I guess, yeah, we might discuss a little later in the uh, rapid fire, but just a, a few question marks about the, uh, the Swans at the moment. I know they've lost... Uh, a lot of senior talent when you sort of look at Rampy and Franklin, and I think Heaney only just came back this week. But the Suns sort of looked at tapes, I guess, of the Swans and played a similar brand. They uh, they were doing the old uh, defensive 50 coast-to-coast coast sort of move and looking really good. So, uh, yeah, we, we were worried about the Suns uh, last week because they, t- they don't start years well, but this was the perfect response. So I'm happy to give the, uh, the Giants a distinction, and I'm going to give the Swans a fail. Yeah, look, I was one of my biggest concerns was Jared Witts has been so important for the Suns when they're playing well, and he's out. They didn't really have a ruckman, but somehow they managed to find a way against a team that is often well known for finding a way to win. Uh, so really impressive from the Suns. Great for Stewie Jew. I really hope they can start building something up there. Uh, your man Ben Ben King, outstanding. Yeah, Five goals, seven marks. Uh, and look, they just, they were in control the whole game, I think, which was probably more, more of the surprising thing for me. So young side haven't had, 
That I think that was their second win. Their first was obviously against North. Uh, and young sides are often in games and they get a run on and they get a run on and then they just hold on or they're down all day and then they get a run late and they just get in front and stuff like that. But they're ahead at quarter time, four goals to one in the second quarter, five goals to one in the third quarter, two goals to four in the last, maybe trailed off a bit, but they won by 40 points. That was pretty comprehensive. So distinction for the Suns and uh, fail for the Swans. They... uh, they're in danger of letting their hot start really just slip back into mediocrity sun style, ironically. Um, but they've got a tough... They've got, they've, got, they've got the Cats this weekend, the Swans, so that's tough. They've got to win that. Yeah, it do, doesn't, doesn't get any easier for them, does it? Uh, down on uh, on Saturday, uh, the late afternoon game, Carlton versus Brisbane. Obviously, we've covered uh, Big Harry there, bag of six. He's just in magnificent form. Go and watch him if you can, live Blues fans. Um, they jumped out in this one, the Blues, leading a quarter time. Uh, I guess from there, though, reasonably predictable in this one. Uh, you know, I guess the headline out of this one is the injury to Lockie Neal for the Lions, how uh, that affects them. Uh, he, he's tweaked an ankle there. Uh, might have saved himself some embarrassment. He touching an umpire. I don't think that's part of our game, and he and he's gone there. But oh, that's a I, beat up. Give, that. uh, nah, it is like, a bit of a beat up. I've steered into it a dash, but he, he look. He tapped him and said, "I'm bleeding. What's this about?" It. There was nothing in it. it it's not one of those. You know, yeah. don't teach the kids. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine with the don't touch the umpires and give him something. But people are saying, "Oh, he's lucky to just get away with a fine." That, that's a fine every day of the week. You don't touch the umpire. Here's your fine. But we can see it wasn't a... There was no angst towards the umpire when he was doing it. And I think that's yeah. when those two combine, it's a real big issue. But uh, like Lockie Neal, Brownlow medalist, like we've got to talk about it. We've got to, we've got to try and peg him down. Tall poppy syndrome here in Australia. Yeah, there is a little bit of that. Well, speaking of Lions midfielders that are just getting the job done, Hugh McCluggage has gone to another level and he's done it with a minimal amount of fuss because that's just the way he plays. So just a lazy 33 possessions. Look, missed a couple of goals, but uh, that's probably the next part of his game to add is just straightening up his kicking. He's not an accurate goal kicker, but he he just finds the ball all over the ground and just uses it well. And he he's just... The trajectory you're getting out of him uh, from... If you're a Lions fan, you'd be loving because he's just improvement and improvement on every year, and he's really gone to the next level. So uh, he, he was unbelievable. Look, this is your classic pass-pass for me. I don't think we uh, expected anything different. Maybe the Blues, if uh, you know they they they'd sort of shown us more of a four-quarter performance, we might have seen them pushing the Lions a little bit more. But look, you thought the Lions would get this done by a couple of goals, and that's the case. So it's a double pass for me. Yeah, um, look. Just side note, Hugh McCluggage sitting equal eighth in the coaches' votes. So, yeah, there you go. having a ripper year, my man Mundy on top from Frio. Uh, look, I, I'd give Brisbane a pass. They came and did what they needed to do. Uh, I'm actually going to give the Blues a fail. Do you know they were backed into favouritism or equal favouritism at the start of the game? Like, everyone thought the Blues were a chance... Like, this is their time. It's a chance to step up. Just the weight of money. Maybe everyone's just severely overrating them all the time. But, look, they're just not good enough and they're not playing well enough. And, like, we're going to talk about the coach a little bit later. But 
they something's got to change there otherwise they're just going to have another year and another year and another year of not being good enough to get into the eight and that is like it's devastating for some of those loyal blues fans who have paid up members for 20 30 years and and just seen the club absolutely hurt yeah, well, I, I feel like there's a bit of a contrast in that there's a bit of a where the Blues from the 70s and 80s thinking in this current modern game. I, I think that, look, I, I, I'm, I'm joking here, but the old days where they could sort of buy the players they needed it done and they haven't gotten with the system and fully embraced it. So they still get your Sards in and your Williams in, and I'm not saying anything on their performance, but invest in in the youth and and bring it up they do they've they've partially done it i think and look it probably didn't help that they've had a few drafts where they've drafted some mids that we still don't know if they can play or not i'm talking about sort of dow o'brien stocker those types uh we're not seeing them i don't know if they're just not good enough to get games or there's just the trust hasn't been built there it's a confusing situation so um, yeah, I think we said it a couple of weeks ago, might have even been last week, who's closer to a flag, Blues, Dons or Pies. Well, it's a confusing one for the Blues because it's just hard to get a read on them. Uh, maybe, yeah, it, it's coaching. We might cover that later. The big game of the round, uh, Anzac Day Eve. Perth. Tigers oh, v. Sorry. Melbourne. <laughs> Tigers v. Melbourne. Uh, absolutely stunning scenes at the G with the... Uh, I think it's the eternal flame that they get going there and, and the last post uh, with the lights down. I think it's the outstanding uh, ceremony for a pre-Anzac Day game with the last post going there with the lights dimmed. Uh, and, yeah, as we spoke about before, the lid is off for the Ds. Every Ds fan I'm talking to is bullish about their chances. I don't think there's a Ds fan out there that has the lid on. And they should enjoy a win like this because, they, yeah, we said it before, they beat the Tigers at their own game. Uh, Petraka's tracking pun intended uh unbelievably uh ed langdon he in he's just unbelievable on that wing tomlinson down back even uh jaden hunt his run and dash i mean yeah they and alex neil bullen i mean these are these sort of lesser lights that they've been able to turn into sort of consistent performers in this first part of the year and that that's what helps you jump up the ladder i think uh Similar to the Saints last year, we had a, a few breakout seasons and a few consistent uh, weeks put together by a few lesser lights. So that just helps your stars at the top level. So loving what I'm seeing from the Ds, I've got to give them a distinction for that, and it is a fail for Richmond. Yeah, I um, obviously I've, I've touched on Melbourne many times throughout this podcasting career of mine, this short-lived career. Uh, look, I just I thought they were outstanding. Um, silver lining dropping right down and having that poor year two years ago. They, they've got Luke Jackson, and him yeah. paired with Max Gorn has been unbelievable because they're both so versatile that Jackson's kicked two goals in that game, and Max Gorn sat behind the ball and just just give Melbourne a real presence, and he's leading from the front and doing all sorts of things. So I, I think that combination versus just Nankervis and apparently Marlon Pickett's the new... Sean Grigg, uh, yeah, it just ripped him to shreds um, and, and was just dominant all over the ground. It was like a, it's a bit like a heavyweight fight in that the first quarter, sort of the first couple of rounds, they just felt each other out and then Melbourne just worked out just how to bully them. They just had Richmond in the corner the rest of the game. Richmond just couldn't land a punch, yeah. Richmond. So it's a fail for Richmond, right? And 
I'm going to invent a new grade here. <laughs> you can't do that. Surely not. So that on the paper, it's the coordinator's written, come and see me, right? So it's sort of a see the coordinator, but Richmond have got, they've got runs on the board and they're like, oh, I don't have to go. I'll be right. Like my, my dad's donated a wing. He's donated the medical wing over there. I don't have to come in. It's fine. Another performance like that, they'll be dragged into the coordinator's office. So it's a fail. Yeah. Borderline though. And uh, these hands, that's a high distinction. That is, that was as good a performance against the Tigers as I've seen in four years. Uh, I didn't think you had it in you. And you didn't just beat them in a tight one. You belted them. So well done. Yeah, thinking I might have gone a little shallow there with the distinction. Maybe I'll... Uh, I'll oh, home home, de- just, home deck, just... same category as the Cats, no? Yeah, all right, fine. I'll stick by my argument. D- uh, distinction, D's fans uh, do better than that. Jeez, they'll be flying if they could do that. Uh, look, I'll be honest, um, apart from wanting to see what an empty stadium looked like, didn't catch a whole lot of your Frio North game, uh, apart from, I guess, tracking the scores in that one. Uh, again... A good start from the ruse, but then faded out of the game. Uh, you're probably more qualified, Seb. Uh, what did you make of it? Uh, probably how you expected it. Uh, you got Freo, a team in the eight, a team pushing for top four, having North. Or, or top, they're in the top four discussion now. The uh, the Dockers, the heave ho. Yeah, you, well, they're sitting sixth, equal fourth, uh, just just down a little bit on percentage. Sydney are about to drop off, and they'll give West Coast a touch up on the weekend. So. Yeah, they're, they're right around the mark, as I predicted. So don't worry, Tom. I've got a good read on no, the Dockers. Like uh, look, they were just better across the ground, a more professional outfit. Uh, look, it, it's never ideal when you fly over. You have to start quarantining, but then you're still allowed to play. And look, for a young side like us and still having that, what, what did you expect? Um Grading us, like, it's a fail. It's a, like, you can come and see the coordinator, but, like, who really cares? Like, it's, it's, you're going to fail this year and have to repeat, I think, is how the North Melbourne grade would go. Like, yeah, it's a fail. Like, you can come and see me if you want, but it's one of those ones where you, they'll go and see the coordinator. The coordinator will give you a something to do, but they won't do it. They'll just show up next week and get belted by the demons. So, uh put me down for a fail and for Freo look it's just a pass because as good as they were I don't think I think I gave the dogs a high distinction but from here on out you have to really do something special against North to get anything better than a pass yeah look that that's probably fair I mean I, I yeah looking at the scores and, and the stat sheet um, pass and fail seems fair to me so, Look, until the Roos can sort of straighten up and, and get a few of these losses, you know, in the sub-30 category, I think uh, you'll you'll find fails probably fair. Yeah, Dockers on their home deck. I mean, as I said, I'm obsessed with the home deck. But if you are there, you've got to do what they did. And they didn't do anything, I guess, more spectacular than they that. Need so to, they need to they kick straight. They, I mean, they kicked 14-15, which is about 50%. But they could have kicked 20 goals, 9, and given us a real touch-up. Yeah. No difference. Yeah, similar to I mean, when they played the Giants too. That was sort of an, another in, uh, inaccurate performance. I think fifey has got a straighten up there. He is kicking woefully at the moment. I think he kicked six points Zero the other four. week and another two the other night. Or four. There you go. So, 
Uh, he needs to straighten up. Speaking of good kicking, though, the Crows jumped out of the blocks unbelievably with the best accuracy uh, we've seen from a team until they're first behind. So they kicked 15 straight before registering a, a behind in that one. And look, usually when you're seeing a team kicking that straight, you're like, oh, how good's that? But I think it flattered them in the end because it really just papered over a few cracks. Usually, you know, you don't see a team kicking 16-3. You see maybe 11-8 or 12-7. So, uh, but look, I, I, I was really flattened by the Crows' performance mm. there that they didn't hang on in that one. I think, you know, you're 32 points up and... They, I mean, Clarko, he, I call him the deflector, but he is an unbelievable coach. He could, the way he can get his group to, I guess, flick the switch and change the way they play, he's been playing against the good teams, I guess, if you can call the, uh, or we're calling the Ds that, uh, playing the slow game just to avoid the damage. Did similar when they played the Cats, but then against opposition, maybe he doesn't rate as highly as those. He's just flicked the switch and gone, look, let's just go all out attack forget defence, let's just end-to-end it. And it's worked out in this case. So if he can just flick it around as needed, the Hawks will get these kind of results and W. So um, great to see the young fellow Kaczynski, uh, Jacob Kaczynski there, taking tips from his cousin, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, that, that's a fact, uh, performing with a great bag of five. And down the other end, uh, Riley Thilthorpe, Tilthorpe, Thilthorpe, uh, say that one ten times quick. Uh, he kicked five as well, but look, I find this one tough to grade. I'll, I'll definitely fail the Crows because they had the game there, and yeah, maybe the uh, accuracy helped them. Uh, and look, I'll give the Hawks. Oh, no, I can't give them a distinction. I'll give them a pass. Yeah, I uh, I tend to sit the same on the grades. Uh, I thought Hawk, the Hawks would win. Uh, they they did didn't sort of win convincingly. Maybe it was the accuracy. Uh, Kozicki got the Rising Star nomination for this week, Tom. Well-deserved effort. He's had a few good hit-outs, but obviously it's hard when you're in an up and up team that's up and down, especially as a young player. Hey, did you see the Tom Lynch injury sub? Yeah, so I wasn't sure if we covered this because it's been absolutely everywhere, but look, let's give our, uh, our two cents. It was as unprofessional an effort as we've seen from a yeah. AFL oh, team in a long, He's long up time. on the trading block. But, He's in my super coach team, and that like he was he got subbed in. Yeah. Like obviously, you should have checked the teams, but you've only got a quarter, mate. You got to get out and kick a goal and at least jag thirty or forty in the quarter for me. And he's off getting taped up. Like that was that was Adelaide's, bizarre. And and then they didn't was, own the mistake. Yeah, that was what I was going to say. They were saying, look, the plan was to bring him on for the last quarter, but the whole point of a sub is he could come on at any time. Why was it, what if someone does a hammy in the first ruck contest? He should be, he should have been ready to go. I don't know how much it disrupted them, but there are causes to say that it cost them the game. So if it did, they deserved it because it was dumb. It was unprofessional. Just a little of one of those points, you know, just what is it? Uh, perfect preparation makes perfect performance. That's a Flavi one there. Uh, I think it's uh, a bit yeah, more they, they PG. Go. Proper preparation prevents pee poor performance. Oh. Uh, yeah, I know where you're going with that one. Yeah. So, look, yeah, they, they deserve it. If it costs them the game, they deserve it because, you, yeah, it was unprofessional. That's probably putting yep. it Yeah, like no, no, it 100% was. So, fail for the Crows because, look, after that start, they should have been winning that game. Uh, pass for the Hawks because I... I thought they should have won it. 
maybe it's a little harsh given I'm saying the Crows should have won it, but it's one of those games. A winner was a pass and the loser was a fail. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Now, we'll, I guess we'll cross over to the MCG for the uh, traditional Anzac Day clash, but I, ha- I have to say the Anzac Day Eve clash is becoming much more must-watch. The must-watch spectacle versus the uh, oh, the day clash the following day. Absolutely. I know, I mean, yeah, this year you, you were sort of seeing what second versus fifth and it was a real 16th, 17th bottom of the table played sort of like clash, which, which doesn't help either. A um, couple of teams on the rebuild in Collingwood and Essendon. Um, I don't know if I'm wrong in saying this, but I, I couldn't believe the Maggies were as close as they were for most of this game. Um, but in saying that, I never doubted that Essendon would win maybe from five minutes into the first quarter. They came out, switched. I know the Pies jumped them and kicked the first three, but um, following that, it, the the ball game completely changed. I think even when they kicked those first three, I was surprised. And I'm like, oh, can the Pies hold this? They didn't. Essendon just did what they wanted. I mean, Darcy Parrish with 42. He, he now could probably be considered against Clayton Oliver, maybe, if he can maintain this. Clayton Oliver's done it year on year. I know Don's fans are loving Darcy. They're not in the same ballpark, but performances like this will help uh, get him pump into the that conversation. Pump the brakes there, uh, Tom. Just pump the brakes. Oliver's, Oliver's done you know, it for a few years. No, that's what I'm saying. If Darcy can build on this form and, and take it with him, he might get in the same conversation. I hope that came out right. Uh, yeah, he's got a long way to go, but, geez, that was the best performance we've seen from him. And, and look, Don's fans, you should be happy with the pickup there. I think he's going to be all right. Um, but, yeah, look, I, I didn't think the, the Bombers would lose, but the Pies somehow were within striking distance, which really disappointed me in that, they're only a couple of kicks away for sort of most of the second and third, and they just never threatened to go any harder and take that lead and take the game. So, look, they were young, the Pies, and I'll give them that. But, yeah, the the Dons just showed, I guess, the two futures ahead for these clubs. One's going up and one's probably pretty comfy where they are right now in 7-8, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think I think you've read that well. Um, I tip Collingwood. I expected them to beat the Bombers just because I think they've got a bit more experience and it played out the complete opposite way. Uh, Collingwood did well to stay in it on the scoreboard, but they weren't really in the game. Uh, So distinction for me for the Bombers. That was a really good win um, to come out and stay ahead and and just really overwhelmingly beat them without doing it on the scoreboard. And it's a fail for Collingwood. They really just didn't get themselves in the game. Absolutely, they're a fail for me as well. Um, just a slight Tom takes aim here, and I know people oh, hold it, going hold it, hold it. I think that'll come up in a later segment, Tom. Just hold it, hold fire, hold oh, fire. Okay. Good, good. I was going to say, was I couldn't tell who was who. Uh, did you? Was there another game uh, on on Sunday? I think they uh, they stretched this round out and made uh, us Thursday night uh, in the previous round Saints fans hang out for a uh, Sunday night game. Jeez, I don't uh, miss Sunday I'll have to, And I didn't miss it after I'll have to one, take your you word there was another game. I can honestly say I was not ready to watch football at 6... What was it, 6.10 or 6.40 on the Sunday? No, nah, 6.40 on the Sunday. So I think the industry... Well, 16 teams mentally said the round was done when the uh, they gave the Anzac medal out to old Das. And uh, Saints and Ports supporters uh, watched that one and looked... We talk about games where, you know, a team's going to win. Once the power jumped out and, and looked like they uh, had turned up, it, it, 
I mean, we kicked the first, but after that, it was it was one way traffic, and yeah, we were wondering which uh, which Saints we we're going to get. Now, Ron Marshall back now. He had an awesome game, and he really showed his class, and and he just gives us an around the ground option that we were lacking, but. We've gone back to the old Richo days. We're playing safe footy, kick it down the line, afraid to take risks, afraid to get burnt. Uh, it's low-confidence footy, and it was really hard to watch, and it was really hard to watch, particularly on a Sunday night. So, look, the Power did what they had to do. Uh, they're, they're a top side, and they don't, uh, they don't want any injuries, and they just want to get out of these games with a good win, little percentage boost, nine goals. They, they're in cruise mode, just lifted when they had to. So... It's a pass for the power and a fail for the Saints. Yeah, I think you've summed up the power quite well. Uh, that was they got the job done pretty well, but I mean, what did you expect? Sending Secure over there for a six forty game. Uh, in saying that, the Saints needed to show some effort and some heart, and they just didn't do it, Tom. From what I saw. Yeah. No, look, that that's probably. Oh no! The effort was there. I just think um, the the confidence was down, and and look, the power toyed with us. There's no doubt about that. So we might have looked worse than we were. I, I mean, contested ball was even, and I'm pretty sure we might have even had more inside fifties. So it was more execution in that one, um, and and you could see. I mean, I, I was watching it, and the power were just chipping it around at will, and when they felt like going forward, they did it. We just couldn't find a teammate to save ourselves. So. Uh, yeah, execution, I reckon, the issue in, in yep. that one. Uh, you might have to tell your story to the coordinator for me, Tom. That's oh, not... Nah, look, it, like, we're going to do it at some stage in the next few weeks, but we'll revisit our preseason ladder rankings. And, and, like, you had the Saints in and I had them out, and I was told by many people that I was wrong, and the Saints said, no, nah, we're here to stay, you know, we're going to build on it. And you just you got my expectations up, and now what is it? Essendon. Uh, who'd you play last week? Uh, Richmond. Oh, yeah, Richmond. Oh, that was that was tough. Uh, and now Port have just been no shows. Like that's three no shows. Sixteenth, Tom. Sixteenth on the ladder. Oh, here I am. This is yeah, what this is what happened after the game. I'm looking at the fixture, going, when do we get the Saints? We're a huge chance. Oh, now that that hurts me more than anything because you're not flying well, and that's the nicest way I could say how you're travelling. But yeah, look, I'm happy. We'll go to that game and we'll we'll cover it uh, for the for the twelve rows back fans. But yeah, look, it, we're losing and we're losing ugly. So that, so that worries me. I mean, yeah. I think uh, they were like, oh, the percentage is like the ruse, and you guys are at forty five percent. So. Yeah, and we're not doing much better. I think we're in the sixties or seventies. So look, it it's ugly, ugly scenes. It's it's just learning how to you know switch a game off when you have to and and turn these. I mean, dare I say, we turn what have been eighty point drubbings with the the Dons and Tigers into a nine goal. So there is some improvement, but uh, that feels wrong to say when I had top four expectations. So look, they could see the coordinator. I'm going to fail them, and yeah, you. A pass for the power. Yeah, yeah, just a pass there. That was... Look, it was a professional win. Did what they had to. Uh, they're travelling pretty well to power and seem to be going under the radar just thanks to the hype around the Demons and the Bulldogs. 
You ready for some rapid fire? Let's do it. Let's go rapid fire. You want to go first or do I go first? No, no. Kick I'll, it off. Uh, I'll hit, hit me. you up with one. So, not sure if you... I mean, we, we spoke about the Adelaide and Hawthorne game. The 12.30pm time slot uh, for games. Now, I think it worked brilliantly on the Sunday, but could you see it being further expanded on Saturdays as well as Sundays? Uh, so, you, just this way, you because of the spread of games... The 12.31 was done in time to see the 3.20. I'm not advocating for the 6.40, but there was three games of uninterrupted Yeah, football. see, I'm so not, I'm not fussed not... about that. Uh, and I think this is a personal preference. Um, 12.30 is very early to get to the game as well. Correct, and I know you know your mates over in WA are whinging about a ten thirty start well, too. What if you what if you wake up and you got to get to mass at eleven o'clock, and by the time that finishes, it's ten to twelve, and you got to fly to the footy? Like it's just early, Tom. I'm sure they do earlier masses. What about going to Saturday night if you had to? And what about a nice family brunch into the footy as well with the twelve thirty start? I mean, there's options either way. There is, there is. I look for me. I find it too early, but. I see the argument of having the uninterrupted watching came back to back. Look, where that argument falls down is you still have games overlapping on Saturday. So why can it happen on Saturday but not Sunday? Well, that's what I, I mean. Is it? I mean, it's scope to add it into the uh, Saturday programming so you sort of avoid as much. I mean, there are overlaps just because of the amount of games, but maybe that's the new slot that they're. They could try out the AFL when they give up Thursdays. I mean, I like it as well because, I mean, if you went to that game, you've sort of got part of your afternoon back when you're on the other side. So, look, yeah, arguments either way, but uh, I think it's one that they should consider. Yeah, look, uh, I think it will be considered. Um, I like they're playing with the time slots. Whether I agree with the time slot or not, I like seeing slightly different time slots. Uh, Let's... I'll hit you back with the time slot. Now... uh, there's a few good games this weekend. Can you tell me why the Derby's relegated to 4.40 on the Sunday? It's always on a Sunday. Yeah. Can we have that on a Friday night, please? It, it is criminal that that game continually gets buried in that Sunday 4.40 that, slot. Particularly because that's... The, yeah, it's gone... It, if the Victorian team's not in it, dare I say... Many a Victorian fan gives that one up, but they shouldn't because it's one of the great contests in our game. So that needs yeah. to be... And the same with the showdown Agreed. too. Agreed. Friday, Friday, night. Friday night for both of them. And you could you could almost have them the same weekend and have the showdown start 7.10 local time in Adelaide and then have the derby start, what would be, about 9... You could do 7.50 local time over there, which is... Nine, like nine fifty, ten o'clock. You could play them back to back, and have a genuine rivalry round Friday night double header. Uh, they won't do it, but I, d- I just look start spreading the love, sharing it round. Freo have lost the last ten, and you've got this wounded West Coast team with their pride hurt coming back. It's going to be yeah, on for young and old. Freo in that they've gone to five and two. That's setting themselves up nicely, and West Coast will be three and four. So, both teams yeah. with a hell of a lot Huge to play for. Yeah. No, I like it. I, I'm, I'm with you. And, I, yeah, the showdown too. Get get those big ones on a Friday night. We touched on it before, but the battle of the five-goal youngsters. So, uh, Kaczynski has kicked five. And then, yeah, Riley Thilthorpe has kicked 5-2 on debut, which is mighty impressive. Are you happy with who got the rising star out of those bags? 
Kaziski v uh, Phil Thorpe. Yeah, oh, look, well, how, how do you decide which one's better? One was in a win. One kicked five goals, three, had the most marks on the ground, who got the rising star knob. Uh, Riley Thilthorpe still played a hell of a game. Uh, a rising star noms just for players that have great individual weeks, or can it be built up with success, you know, great games over a patch oh, of four, I... five, six games? Dare I say another one, they pick it yep. week to week. I think sometimes they'll be like, geez, we haven't given this youngster. If he has a semi-decent game, we'll, we'll give him a nom here versus a game. Yeah, look, five goals in a debut is a fair effort, but Kaczynski's been playing a few weeks and kicking a couple here and there that he just went big this round. So I guess he's got the runs on the board and that got him over the line. Dare I say, if uh, old Riley can uh, kick three this week, he'll get the nom even if he only has... Three goals and twelve possessions. He'll probably. Oh, get hey, so your man Tommy Powell is putting together a hell of well, a actually, nice season. Yeah. yeah, what do you have? Twenty-five yep. on the yep. weekend. So he's a star. Uh, he's probably not star. far off either if he can keep up those twenty or so numbers. Uh, now jumper clashes. You sort of touched on it. Uh, oh, I was rearing so the Collingwood Essendon one was it was extremely obvious in terms of any long shot on the ground. You had to look at the shorts. So you couldn't go by jumpers. Uh, Adelaide wore a clash jumper that seemed to clash more with the jumper they were playing against than their regular one yeah, would have. That... Please explain, Tom, or, or the floor is yours. Rapid look, fire. I'll be brief because I know, I know people uh, know how much this bugs me. But look, yeah, Adelaide, they actually brought that red version of their jumper, which we've never, ever seen specifically for this game. So whoever did that might be a little bit colorblind because their white version of that one does the job. So that was just a mismatch of yellows and reds. It was a, it was an eyesore. And people whinge and say, look, does it matter? We've been playing the game for 100 years. But look, when you're at the ground or you're watching yeah, that wide shot in the TV, you just want to know who's different. I mean, I think in that Essendon-Collingwood uh, game, and I've said this a few times uh, offline, Stringer and Hooker went up for a mark and both touched it. And the umpire, I swear, thought it was Collingwood v Essendon and didn't pay it. It looked that much like it was two of the same team going for it. it it's just nuts. I mean, teams are sitting behind the excuse that oh, we've you know we've worn this jumper our, our whole you know our whole lifetimes. But these were two jumpers in the Anzac Day clash that neither team had worn. There was no history behind either of those jumpers. If you want to get specific, so. Steve Hawking's a coward, and he needs to straighten up and get this sorted next year, or I, he's got to go. I love it. I fully agree on the jumper clashes. There's no reason why the home team shouldn't be able to dictate what they wear, and the opposing team has to have an alternate, probably two alternates, because quite often a, a, like some yeah, teams have an fully white alternate strip. that can clash a fair bit, so you just need to have a third. Well, Dare I say, even, uh, you know, the Saints-Port Adelaide, you would have said that wasn't a clash, but Port Adelaide have got white backs of it on a black jumper, so it meant both teams had white backs with black numbers, and it all just looked mismatched, so the Saints probably had to wear something red. Yeah, that, that oh, one wasn't so write, bad. Port write... with a team with the ball. Well, yeah, <laughs> that helped. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, you, you're sharp on the Saints tonight. I'll, I'll remember this. Uh, but look, anyway, it is an issue that continues to plague our comp and it's got to get fixed. Or, yeah, Stephen Hawking, who, yeah, I called him a coward he because he said in the press these jumpers have a lot of history, but these two ones that they He's a coward. Didn't, so no, I agree with you. He is a coward. Uh, 
the Swans? Are you worried about them for the top? Oh eight? yeah, Are they in they're, they're in trouble for top eight. They have just done what we thought they might have done, being a young side, and just dropped off that ten percent. And like, it just is what it is. I'm not worried about them long term, but in terms of this season making the eight, yeah, they're going to be touch and go anywhere from seventh to sort of eleventh. Uh, same with Adelaide. Yeah. They started off hot. Yeah. Like they pinched one against the Cats, and like looking back on it, how the how in the world did they do that? Yeah, um, that was a. And now they can't roll Hawthorne, who you would say are going nowhere near as well as the Cats. So I think both of those teams are just look. They're just young, and they're going to be up and down, and, and this is the down patch for them. And they're going to come back and have another couple of good wins at some stage, sort of in the middle of the year, and maybe string two to three together, or you know, win four of six and start looking up and, and then they'll have a bad loss. It's just the reality of football with, with young sides and, and kids. Yeah, well put. Yeah, and good point drink, um, bringing Adelaide to this. And look, Frio were probably amongst that, but we're just waiting for them to just jump out of that and just, just prove that they're a little bit more mature, which I think they are um, with their list profile. So, um, yeah, they're, they're the sort of three to watch in that, that middle patch because... Look, next week I'm going to hang out for the ladder because after about round seven, we only see one or two teams go out of the eight. So you want to be in the eight at the end of this round to give it your best shot. And we might not see the Swans or Crows in it uh, at the end of the round. So we'll hang on yeah, to that one. Yeah, no, it's um, all starting to fall into place. Now, you've got to answer this question quickly without thinking. First coach should get the sack, Nathan Buckley or David Teague? Teague. Whoa. I don't know why that jumped out at me. <laughs> I don't know why that jumped out at me. Uh, look, it might be harsh, and we've sort of sunk the blues into the uh, sunk the boots into the blues fans uh, this week already. But uh, I don't know. He's just not getting the results out of the players. I I feel like it was almost a bit similar to other examples of caretaker coaches in that a team saw them winning under a caretaker coach and thought, "Geez, this is all right. I think we can maintain this." not fully considering what was around option-wise. So they scooped up on Teague because I guess he was flying in that latter part of, was it 2019? Yeah. Uh, and, he, and he looked the goods. But, yeah, it was sort of playing on that adrenaline of, you know, new coach, back half of the year. It, it probably was went overs for the uh, as an audition. So... Uh, time again, maybe maybe they go somebody a bit more mature. I'm not saying he can't coach. I'm just saying he needs to get more out of this group and we want to see it. Yeah, look, I, I think one of the harsh things about T coming in was he came in as the caretaker coach and they didn't change any of the assistant coaching staff. So not a whole lot really changed within the club. It was just a different voice sending the message. And if the message was wrong or not, not getting through to the players, how much does a different voice really change it? Uh, I think he can coach and has done all the right things. And I, I just, I know, I know Carlton fans are starting to put pressure on the club wanting success. And like Teague's unfortunately going to carry four years of Bolton doing sweet FA. So uh, yeah. look, I personally think Buckley is going to go sooner rather than later because he's going to fall on the sword from the list management side of things that happened in the off season. Well, yeah, but look, I yeah. just it just it was an interesting interesting one. Food for thought. No, that that's a good one. Look, 
yeah, Teague jumped out at me, maybe because I wanted to talk about him. <laughs> Bucks is no, by no measure safe. I guess he does have runs on the board, Bucks, in that they did dip down in that sort of 2016-17, and he did jump back up into a contender for a couple of years there. They probably, the window shut on them after the 2019 prelim. Uh, but yeah, he can take them back up. It, he's loved at Collingwood, so they do have the rose-coloured glasses on there. That might help him. Just one. Do you have any more? I've got one. I've more got one you, more uh, too. Want to indulge? All right, good. But keep this one brief because we we did go it last week. But I just, I know you've potted Jack Zebel, but his super coach scores are outstanding. Now I know that's not the maker of a, a player, obviously, but they are rated on what happens with the ball and the impact, you know, of your possessions on a game. How is he getting such high scores? Now, I know last week you said he bombs it long and continually turns it over, but there's got to be some element of him doing something right to get scores. We're not talking hundreds. We're talking he's cracking 150s. I think he's in the top 10 in the league, maybe even higher, top five in the league, super coach at the moment. So he's got to be doing something yeah, right. Yeah, so you get you get a point for kicking out, right? You get a possession if you play on. Then Frio have kicked 15 points. So he's probably taken 12 of them. So there's 12 of his 37 possessions already just just getting it from fullback. Uh, he probably got a couple out on the fulls. Uh, and he just... you got to actually go to a game and watch his movement, his positioning, and some of his options when he kicks long. And it's really hard because most people are not at the North Melbourne games, and I can say that confidently. There was no one there on the weekend. So no one could have seen <laughs> yeah, this. Well, that's fair. We played Port. There was 9,000 there. We played... Uh, who did we play the week before? Played Adelaide. I think we only had 13,000. Yeah, Adelaide. So people aren't seeing this, but he's often kicking long, burning teammates who are shorter, or even side-to-side kicks, because that's just what he's done his whole career. Now, I've seen him burn players his whole career. You can't see it on the TV because you're in close and then you're wide shot, and it just doesn't yeah. sort of work. Um, that... If he tries to do, maybe this is part of the problem, if he tries to do a short kick sideways, he often misses them or miskicks them. Um, he was on Josh Bruce for a fair portion of the day. He kicked 10. That's just swept under the rug. It doesn't matter. He doesn't know how to defend. So he, he I've seen him go up trying to take marks when he should be punching. There's a whole host of has things. He been taking, has he been taking marks, like contested marks? Because I'm just He had 14 marks on the, the weekend, but I don't up. think he was contested marking anything uh like i'd say bonart has had a much better year than he has but he's not getting 37 possessions he's not taking the kickouts yeah look it could be the the quirks of the super coach scoring but look every week i have a look on this sheet and i'm amazed to see that he is at topping lists and it must yeah i mean maybe it's that vicious cycle he keeps getting good scores people are rating him he keeps getting the opportunities he gets instead of maybe a youngster and it's hurting yeah. your team i've got to say that well it is hurting your team that game against the dogs i saw him take the kick out so many times he'd either kick long into a 50-50 so that's an efficient kick if you kick it over 40 meters it's an effective kick even if it's straight to the opposition so they should probably look at changing uh, that there it is but i saw him he had 27 kicks that day against the dogs He'd either kick it long or he'd kick to the man in the pocket 25 metres away. And the dogs were giving us that kick all day. They wanted us to kick it there to hem us in. But he kept doing it. And, look, this is a league football. This is a captain of a football club. Can't work out 
hey, they want us to do that. Maybe we've got to try something different. Guys, come on. Nah, he's... Yep. <laughs> look, thanks for going again, because I know we went in last week, but look, that, that clarifies me. I, I didn't really realise that uh, long kick when we go, as well. When we go in I a month. Kicking outside 50 is a rebound 50 as well, so he probably gets a couple of points. Yeah, so when we go in a month, I'll just point some of it out to you. You'll see. I remember that Port game. Yeah, he was yeah. just running and he fell over. And his man kicked the goal. It's like footy 101, Jack. Kick your feet. But whatever. You're the captain. You're tough. You're hard. Uh, look, it's hard because I know a lot of North Melbourne people love him. And I've just... I've seen a limited footballer his whole career. And now he's captain. Pretty hard to get rid of your captain. We need him to do a Ryan Griffin sort of get me out of here, boys. Uh, but look, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see if that happens. Uh, now, have you heard about this record crowd? Uh, sorry. The Anzac Day game against Collingwood Essendon was the record crowd since the COVID-19 pandemic hit. In the world. The, the in world the world. In, a, in the world. Any, Any sport, sport anywhere in the world. That's so we better pat ourselves on the back, you know. Well done, AFL. Well done, media. Well done. Do you know how it's determined? It wasn't declared a pandemic like, till March the 11th. You know, three days earlier, we had the Women's World Cup final that had 86,000 at the MCG. I was thinking COVID was up there, existed no, at the time, but the World Health Organization hadn't called it a pandemic. So we're splitting. Uh, nice little bit of spin yeah, there, someone help me out with this on Twitter. We're splitting hairs, but we're so quick to pat ourselves on the back with how good is it? We've got a record crowd and all this, that, and the other, but. You can't march. You can't do all these other things. Businesses are absolutely dying, but we can get a record crowd at the footy where money probably isn't needed as much as some of these other businesses. So nothing for you to comment on, Tom, just an observation I had. Yeah, I was going to say, was that a question? No, no, no I'll give you one. A, which no, which game are you one. most looking forward to? There's some rippers this weekend. <laughs> nice little segue. I like when we go social. We'll, we'll go more of that uh, moving forward. Um so I've jumped ahead to round seven. Now, Tigers, Dogs, straight off the top, Friday night. That That's the one. Will the Tigers respond? Uh, the Dogs are absolutely flying. I mean, we... Off uh, off air, you and I have talked about are the Dogs going to just have a time where they fall and just have a little bit of a three out of four loss sort of streak. Uh, but I don't think it's coming. It's It's got to be that game. But if I had to pick another, maybe second favourite, Ton's... Essendon versus Carlton, a traditional game. One, I hope that Carlton wear their white strip for if they're any uh, if it, if we're going to tell these teams apart again. That's make or break for Carlton. It might even be Teague out if they get done in that one if they're crazy enough. So that's another one to keep your eye on. What are you? Gee, you just to? went all Victorian teams. What are the odds, Tom? Oh, we covered the derby already. But, You've got the. Uh, I'm not, I cannot wait for the here? derby. I will be sitting down. Like I'll go north. D's into the derby with no problems on my Sunday. Uh, so that that's going to be that'll be the game of the round. But then you've also got Brisbane playing Port up at the Gabba with a lot on the line there. Yes, See, they're yeah. rippers. Glazed they're rippers. One. But you, yeah, no, no, no we'll just talk yeah. about the Dustyless Tigers getting belted and... Oh, oh, sorry, Carlton Essendon. Let's see, let's see. 12th versus 13th. Well, that's a blockbuster. <laughs> we just saw 16th versus 17th. Wowee! You were... Not only educating me, but educating the wider industry. So I like it, Seb. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's all right. That's all right. I say it all tongue-in-cheek. Uh, I actually think the Sydney-Geelong game up there will be a bit of a 
bit of a ripper. Oh, even so, can the Suns show the Pies how it's done on the G? They don't play at the G often. Even that one's got a little ring. And, of course, the uh, the Saints, um, can we bounce back? Do you know, back? it wouldn't surprise it, look, me the, if you said to me the Suns had never played on the MCG. It wouldn't surprise me if that was a fact. I'm sure they probably have, but... Uh, I think uh, a few years ago they beat the D's by 10 goals, so that was a long time ago <laughs> for uh, D's fans. They probably remember that one. And I remember a day where uh, Gary passed to Nathan in the goal square and they got an ablet goal, which was a probably the only time you really saw them interact on a footy field in the uh, red and yellow. Love. But uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, but anyway, it's a, it's a jam-packed round. I can't wait to uh, to get to this time next week when we can talk about it. Yeah, we'll have our... Round uh, seven ladder done. That's the ladder you want to jump off for your finals. There won't be too many changes. Have a win if your team's playing this week, which they all are. Any well, last uh, remarks? Yeah, you, 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 we're not doing a mailbag? Oh, I've got one. one. I told you I had one. Oh, good. No, no, it's good. It's great because you it. haven't seen it. It's directed at you. Now, Tom. <laughs> a bit of a Sam Newman yep. here. Just a, Tom. Uh, just... It's written in from a fan. Just want to get your thoughts on St Kilda's Richmond-esque performance on the weekend. Both teams clearly outplayed and resorted to crude, cheap shots behind the play. Very ill-disciplined and clear display of poor sportsmanship. Well, that's a long bow. Whoever, uh, it, do we have a name to this uh, mailbag? Author? Uh, we could call him Anonymous Eagles fan. 23. <laughs> Uh, cheap shots. Look, the only thing I guess I saw that was of the cheaper variety was was a bit of undisciplined play from Ben Long, who has done it before in the past. I know he uh, he gets a bit of the white line fever. Um, don't know if there was too much other cheap stuff. Uh, I, dare I say we we played <laughs> a, a softer brand, and and it wasn't uh, something I want to see every week because we didn't really bring enough energy to start uh, any sort of or Linz or, or Niggle. So I, I actually want to see more of that. Uh, not None of the cheap stuff, obviously, but uh, does your mailbag writer there have the behind-the-goals vision? Because I'd love it if you could just send a few of those clips in just for my analysis. I didn't see a whole lot well, of it. Well, who was it who got a week for belting Ollie Wines? Oh, I, I actually want to bring this one up because I don't like talking about the uh, match review, but he... He bumped Ollie. Yes, he got him high. It was a free kick, and Ollie played out the game. So, oh, challenge! It's a statement, but challenge? No, nah, no, we've accepted it. We've accepted who was it? it. So, oh, Dan he's McKenzie, not important enough to uh, challenge. <laughs> I don't know. There could be a little bit of that. Um, yeah, look, if that's cheap, geez, let me take you back to the whacker <laughs> in the nineties, and I'll show you a bit of that. Like, come on, like the, the game is. It, that wasn't cheap. That was, but it was late and it was crude. But it wasn't cheap. So, look, uh, nice little. Uh, he's taken a, a leaf out of the Clarko book of deflection. I think uh, you got a big game on your hands. And look, just have a look at the fixture and see if there's anything coming up for the Eagles in Victoria. And, and I'm happy to help you pick a game that they might have a win in. Very well answered, Tom. Uh, I don't know if you deflected and went the Eagles there yourself over defending the Saints or. You just called it like it is. Yeah, I, don't, uh, I don't know where that went in. No, nah, look, nah, nah, look, the one uh, thing I'd say I on the back of it, the, the one that. thing I'd say on the back of it was I thought it was interesting that Richmond really did start to resort to some wrestling and some wax here. And, yeah, no, I, and I then everyone, that. look, they've yeah, carried absolutely. on about uh, Cozzy Pickett pointing at the scoreboard and saying, oh, you shouldn't rub it in, you need to learn how to win. And it's like, 
Well, Richmond need to learn how to lose. When you're winning, you can say point to the scoreboard and say we're winning. Jeez, I'm pretty sure most of Richmond's forward line have been doing that for the last three years. Tom Lynch leading the yeah, charge. So. Yeah, I, I, I thought if you're going to pick on anyone in that scenario, Richmond don't know how to lose and showed it. And, and that's all right too. Like you don't have to like losing. You can handle it badly. You just, if it's going to start happening more and more often, you've got to start handling it better. Yeah, absolutely. I liked it from Cozzy because I guess he's a new uh, breath of fresh air for the D's. Not they're not used to winning, so he he's uh, he's used to winning because he hasn't uh, you know been in too many losses in his couple of seasons so far. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. Saw loses the Tigers. Learn how to lose. I'm, I'm I agree. But uh, yeah, keep those mailbags coming from whatever coast you're on in this great country. I'm happy to answer it all. Hopefully, my Saints can clear up uh, clean up their act and. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're going over to WA, I think, later in the year, so they might just uh, let me know about that one. But, uh, no, nah, good good question there from yep. the mailbag. I reckon that's it, Tom. Uh, I reckon North are about 6 to 12 weeks away from their first win, so it's coming. 6 to 12, I like that. You, in the next 16 weeks, you might catch a catch win. No, nah, it, it's going to happen sooner rather than later, and uh, we'll be here to cover it. And as we say every week, you're going to learn a heap more Questions, anything, send it through. 12 rows back. That's it, May 29, we're certain he's.